you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. But anyway, I made it. There we go. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I had my mind on this, and then Brother Brian said something Sunday night. Or I'm sorry, not Sunday night. Friday night, I'll get it right in a minute, Friday night, and it has resonated with me, and I just can't get over it, I can't get over it, um, and I'm going to share a verse of scripture with you where my mind went, and I'm going to let you remain seated, I'm just going to give you a quick thought, and I'll give you these, this little, this little, this little thoughts right here, Lord, give me, and then uh, we'll sing a song, and we'll see what God's got for us, but I, 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 I had this thought when, when he was saying it, it just, it caught me off guard, when he said it, because I've never heard it before. And so I was like, what in the world? I've never seen that before. But Lord, it is so true. It is There's so much truth in that statement. And he said this right here. He said that when God created Eve, he made a, sleep, a deep sleep fall upon Adam. And he took a part of Adam away. He took a part of him away to create Eve. He took, there was something had to be missing out of Adam um, for Eve to be able to be created. And I want to, this is where my mind went. There had to be something taken out of the husband for the wife to be created. There had to be something missing from the husband that the wife brings in. And the, he said this right here, that there's a longing. A husband has a longing for his wife. And my mind went back to, and I'm going to give you a verse of scripture here in a second. My mind went back to, our wedding day, and the days building up to our wedding day, Brother Vince. And I remember that excitement that was built inside of me. There was an excitement to see my wife come through those doors, to, to see the doors open, to see my bride standing there. There was an excitement that came in my heart. Then the husband should be excited uh, when, he, when he's been away from his wife for a time. And I got to thinking about our Savior. And how we're the bride of Christ and how as much as we long to see Him, our Savior longs to see us. He longs to have us this morning, church. and He longs after us and not just on a spiritual standpoint, but physically He longs for us this morning. And so the thought that I had this morning is this, the rapture. Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 44, the Bible says this, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. I'm going to read that again. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Can I say this right here? When we see this passage of Scripture, the disciples come to Jesus, and I'm just going to have to be quick this morning, but the disciples come to Jesus and they ask Him, they say, when will, when, all, when will all these things take place? When is the end of the world? Is exactly what they ask him. When will the world end? And Jesus begins to explain to him, explain not just to him, but to the disciples of when all of this is going to take place. He's going to say some things are going to have to take place. Church, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to take Matthew chapter number 24 and take you a pen and go down through. And as Jesus starts saying things that must take place, if you believe that they've taken place, put a check mark beside of them. Put a check mark next to them. 
And can I say this this morning, the next event on God's prophetic calendar is not the rise of a new nation. It's not the rise of a political leader. It's not the rise of a, of a church. It's not the rise of a new preacher. It's not even a great revival. The next uh, event on God's prophetic calendar is none other than the rapture of the church. Can I say this morning, church, we're, at the, we're in the last seconds of the last day. Uh, we're no longer living in the last years. I believe we're living uh, in the last moments, in the last God could come back tonight uh, if He chose to. And He would be just to do it. But Jesus, when He goes to describe what's taking place, He looks at the disciples and He says this, Therefore be ye also ready. Be you also ready. Can I say this morning, church, that He's speaking there to the disciples, uh, but He's also speaking to this lost and dying world. Uh, he's saying, be ready. Be ready this morning, church. So the thought that I'm going to give you real quick is on the rapture and about being ready. Can I say this right now? You may be lost this morning or you may be saved. That's one of two people that's in this room this morning. You're either lost or you're saved. Jesus is telling the disciples who are ready. They're the disciples. They're following Jesus. They're Christ's followers. They're Christians. He is telling them to be ready. I don't know who this message is for this morning. I don't know if it's only for the saved. I don't know if it's only for a lost person. But can I tell you this morning, be ready. You say, how can I be ready um, as a Christian this morning? Can I tell you what we ought to be doing? I, I pictured myself this last night. We should be standing on our rooftops tonight. We should be hollering at our neighbor and saying, Neighbor, are you ready? Because He's coming. We need to tell the Lord or the world that He's coming. I don't know if we shouldn't make a post today on our Facebook page that says simple words. He's coming. He's coming. Can I tell you the message that God sent me uh, to give to you this morning? Uh, and when He spoke to me about this, He said, I'm coming, son. I'm coming. Tell them, I'm coming. I want to look at the rapture this morning real quickly. Number one, it'll be sudden. The rapture will be sudden. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead uh, shall be raised incorruptible, and we, mu and we shall be changed. They say that the twinkling of an eye is one-fiftieth of a second. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, the blink of an eye is one-fiftieth of a second. And they say a twinkling of an eye is faster than that. This, the, the, communi the, the, uh, the, the computer world, uh, there is a division of ca a time called a nanosecond. A nanosecond. It is a span of time equivalent to one one billionth of a second. One one billionth of a second is a, is a nanosecond. If mankind was strong enough to create something called a nanosecond that was quick enough for one one billionth of a second, how much faster can God send His Son to get His church? Can I say this morning, it'll be sudden. 
You won't have time to prepare. You say, well, when I see the eastern sky split, uh, uh, I'll, I'll ask the Lord to save me. No, honey, you're going to be too late then. Uh, you must uh, be born again. Uh, when the Lord comes back, it'll be too late. You say, well, the 144,000 will come to me. You won't be qualified to hear from the 144,000 because I'm telling you about Jesus this morning and He's coming, church. Uh, I want to tell you this morning, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming church it'll be sudden it'll be solemn it'll be solemn it'll be it'll be solemn um, because listen to this Luke chapter number 17 verses 34 and through 36 I tell you in that night there shall be two men in one bed now understand that is not talking that Jesus is saying is okay for two men to lay in one bed that word bed translated there is a couch um, if you really study it out they're probably sitting around the kitchen table on a bench at a kitchen table is the way that if you study all those words out, you'll understand it. But the Bible says this, that in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Can I say this right here? It's going to be solemn because there's going to be home split. Can I say this morning that when the, when the rapture happens, uh, uh, there's going to be a split in some homes because not every home, not everybody in a home is saved. Can I say this right now? The only person in this room right now that knows they're saved is me. I can't make a, I can't make a, 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 I can see fruit from your lives. I can see your testimonies coming to life. But I'm the only one in this room that knows that I'm saved. I don't know if my wife's saved. I know my son made a profession, but I don't know if he's saved. It's between him and God. I don't know if he ever called on God. It's between him and God. I don't know if my wife asked. It's between her and God. I don't know about you. You don't know about me. You can see fruit, but you don't know about me. I'm the only one that knows that I'm saved in this room this morning. And if you're lost this morning, you know it. You say, I, I, you know it. You know it. And you've put it off. And you've put it off. Can I say this right here? Satan will never tell you not to be saved. But can I tell you what he will tell you? Just wait. Just wait. Look how many people's here this morning. Wait till there's a service where there's so many people sick, some people, and just wait until, wait, wait till it's, it's, it's Brother Zach's weekend to work. And that'll be one more out out of here. Just wait till it's, that's what he'll do. I'm telling you, that's what Satan will do. He'll tell you to wait. And I say right here, the rapture is going to be sudden. It's going to be solemn because too many people will have waited until it was too late. The rapture will be sudden. It'll be solemn. The rapture will be shocking to some. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 21 22, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and, in, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The Lord came back on a Sunday morning while our church houses were full. I think it'd be shocking by who was left. I think it'll be shocking by who was left. I'll say this right now. Not everybody that puts a suit and tie on and carries a King James Bible is saved. Not everybody that dresses in their Sunday best and sits on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning pew 
is saved. Not everybody is. You say, preacher, we were shouting, we still are. I promise you. I promise you. God spoke to us this morning. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You done your part in the service this morning. You lifted him up. Now he's trying to draw someone in. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I've preached to just about everybody in this room multiple times. Multiple times. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I believe with all my heart there's somebody here that needs to hear this. I wonder who's been playing church, and you're going to be the one, if you don't get saved, that's shocked when the Lord comes back. We would be shocked to know who sat on our church pew every Sunday that was lost but can I say this this morning? I don't say that to discourage anybody from coming. Can I tell you right now, if you're lost, I don't care how long you've been in church, please come this morning. Chunk your pride. Hit an altar. Call on God and let Him save you. It'll be the greatest thing you ever do in your life. You say, well, I'll be embarrassed. No, you will not. I promise you that. Satan is putting that in your ear. Satan is creating uh, um, this battlefield in your mind right now. He's doing it right now. Don't let him win. You say, but I'm going to have to tell so many people, I promise you if they're truly born again, oh, they'll hug your neck and they'll tell you they're proud of you. They'll tell you how they're proud of you. I say this right here. Brother Josh Jenkins said this one time in a service. The conviction was like this service is this morning. It's pretty thick. It's not because of me. It's because of the Lord and it's because you lifted him up. Now he's trying to draw all men unto him. Conviction was thick. And Brother Josh Jenkins, pastor of the church, I saw him get up and go to the altar. And he told us after the service, he said the conviction was so thick this morning. He said, I just went up there to pray to make sure everything was all right between me and God. It's the kind of conviction I like to see. Holy Ghost conviction. God settled it here this morning for a reason. I believe with all my heart he has. You say, well, I testified. It's okay that you testify. I didn't ask if you testified. I just asked if you saved this morning. You say, I sung in the choir. It, it's okay. Most everybody in here did. I've taught Sunday school. It's okay. Don't let, devil use, don't let the devil use that. He will. He'll use that. I remember a, a brother, um, a brother uh, uh, Bobby Robinson. Brother Bobby Robinson pastored in Greensboro. He talked about pastor, uh, preaching a revival in a church in Asheville, North Carolina. I think it was Asheville. Let me not say a city in case I'm wrong. But there was a place, I believe it was in North Carolina. He preached a revival, Brother Cole. And during the revival, the preacher of that church got saved. The preacher of that church went and hit an altar. He said, I've been playing God for years. What do I do? Old Bobby Robinson told him, he said, you know what you need to do? You've led a lot of them to the Lord. Now it's your turn. He's trying to call unto Him, and He will save you. For whosoever, that whosoever does go to the drunk and the, and the drug addict on the street, but it also goes to the good old boy sitting on a pew. It also goes to the good old girl that's sitting on a pew. It goes to them as well. You say, I just don't know what I need to do. Say exactly what you need to do. You need to come to an altar this morning, call on God and let Him save you. He's willing to. You just got to be. You, you've got to be the one that makes the move. You got to be the one that makes the move. It'll be sudden. It'll be solemn. It'll be shocking. But I want to say right here: if you do make that move, and you do get saved, and you are saved this morning, 
I want to say this right here. The rapture will be satisfying. The Bible says this, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet him in the sky. Can I say this right now? My mama's in heaven in her spirit, but her body is laying in the grave. Her physical body's still laying there. It's, it's, I, I don't know how all this works, but more than likely if you take her physical body right now, it's probably got cancer in it somewhere. Her physical body does. Her spiritual body, it's healed. It's got nothing in it. But there's going to come a day where the dead in Christ shall rise first. You say, well, preacher, my love, when we put a good vault on the top, it ain't going to hold them down. What's that old song say? Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Can I tell you what? The, great, the dead in Christ, that's the ones that's going on before it, shall rise first. That means the graves are going to bust open. How much time's going to take place, I don't know, but all I know is the rapture's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. I believe it's going to be instantaneous. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet Him in the eye, and in, in the sky. It'll be satisfying. At that very moment right then, you'll be satisfied for eternity. For eternity. Look right there, it'll be sudden, it'll be solemn, it'll be shocking. It'll be satisfying, but lastly this morning, as we come and get us a verse of song, if you don't mind, this is the hard part. It'll be sad. It'll be sad. There's going to be some that realize they sinned away their day of grace. That happens at the rapture, but it also happens before the rapture too. You say, our God's a gracious God. I, 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 he is, but he also draws the line. He also draws the line and says, I've called you enough. And you've sinned away your day of grace. Now I say this right here. To be saved, first of all, you've got to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. You can't get saved just because you want to get saved. You've got to be saved when there's a drawing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, not just a drawing on the whole service, but a drawing on your heart. When God or the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of your heart and is pulling on you to be saved, that's when you can be saved. Can I say this right here? I've seen it too many times. I've seen young people go to an altar, and it scares me to death. Can I say this right now? It scares me to death for the cold. When I was a when I when I when when I was a youth pastor on Sunday mornings, we had the four to eleven year olds, and we had thirty five four to eleven year olds in a in a service. And I'm here to tell you, we had a piano player, we had a we had a, a choir. And we had ushers in this little 4 to 11-year-olds in this service. We had a church service. There were services where we went just like any other normal service where kids picked their nose, ate their boogers, screamed, hollered, run everywhere around. But every once in a while, we'd have a service. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget little Victoria. This is Brother Jonathan's youngest daughter. One Sunday morning, she got up with tears in her eyes, and she said, Brother Hickman, I want to thank the Lord for saving me. I want to thank you for what he's done for me. Thank you for my mom and daddy. Thank you for my godly grandparents. And she'd start testifying. Next thing I know, there'd be another one, little Brooke. She would stand, she'd stand up and say, I want to thank the Lord for saving me. And then another one would stand up. I want to thank the Lord for saving me. And another one would stand up. I want to thank the Lord for saving me. We would have one of those services where the Holy Spirit settled down with us. And then I would, I'd give invitation. And I would see one of them get saved. But it scared me to death. Scared me to death because I did not want it to be because they hear their friends. It has to be a draw 
of the Holy Spirit. My biggest fear is someone getting saved or quote unquote saved at a young age, but never getting it. Never truly getting it. I remember services growing up where the preacher was preaching heavy, heavy conviction. But the preacher would say things that would just scare me. I'm just here to tell you, my goal is not to scare you to get saved. My goal is to give you the Word of God. Let the Word of God speak to your heart and let the Holy Spirit draw you. Can I say this right here? There is a many that come to an altar just because their friends go. Or just because, well, there was a, there was a bunch of people got saved that morning, so I went to the altar and, and I just, you know, I, I made a profession. There's something I've heard that started very quickly come through our fundamental churches. And it's this right here. It's just saying, I'm trying to remember the exact wordage of how they say it. We had, um, we had several decisions made this morning. I don't know what that means. It don't mean, if somebody gets saved, they got saved. You know, it wasn't a decision. They got saved. They got saved. It don't matter if you decide to or not. If God draws you and you accept it, you accept it you're saved. That, 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 it, you're saved. We need to quit trying to make up these little sayings that come in. You're either saved or you're not this morning. You either got saved or you never got saved. There'll be a sad day that day because there's going to be many. The Bible says this, there'll be many in that day shall say, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Don't be that. Don't be in that group that says this. Didn't I, didn't I prophesy in that name? Didn't I? I can imagine what it's going to be like. Understand this. Tears in heaven... And in our Sunday school class, as we go through Revelation, you're going to see this. Tears in heaven are not wiped away until after the judgment. You say, when we get to heaven, there'll be no more tears. You're exactly right, but there are going to be some tears up until those judgments happen. And I believe those tears are going to be when we see loved ones. There'll be tears for the loved ones that we said we tried our best. We, get, we give everything to try to get them to come to God, and they never did. And God's going to look at him and say, depart from me. You that work iniquity, we're going to have to watch them be cast into a lake of fire. That's going to be heartbreaking. That's going to be sad. That's going to be what tears us down right there. And we're going to cry. And then after that is when God wipes away tears. That's after the judgments when he wipes away tears. We're going to cry over what we should have done. When, that, when stuff that we bring before God and it just burns up with hay and stubble, we're going to cry. When we do that, we're going to cry. And then God's going to wipe those tears away then. But we're going to be sad because of the ones that don't go to heaven, that don't stay in heaven with us. So I want to ask you this morning, as we stand around the house this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Miss April's going to begin playing. I want to ask you this morning, first of all, let me say this. You may say, preacher, this service was different this morning. I'm just, I like it. I, can I say this right here? I never got nervous one time. Never did. Never get uneasy about this service this morning. These are the services I'm thankful for. But I want to ask you this morning, are you saved? I mean, I, I want you to be honest with me. You say, I've never been real with anybody in my life. Well, it's time for you to get real with me and God right now. Are you saved? Don't be thinking about everybody else in the room right now. I want you to be thinking solely about yourself. Be selfish for a moment. 
And I want you to search your own soul, search your own heart. And I want you to ask your soul, have I ever accepted Jesus Christ? And if you have, that's awesome. I'm so thankful for that. But if you hadn't this morning, why don't you just slip out of your pew right now? Why don't you come right now? There's nobody looking but me and God. Why don't you just make that move out of the altar right now? Just take a step and let me take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Please, this morning. Whoever you are this morning that needed to hear this, you just make that move. Just slip out of your pew and let me take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Your heart's probably digging out of your chest right now. You're probably so worried about what others are going to think about you and how you've sat on church pews and you've done this and you've done that for the church. Why don't you just make a move right now and just make a move for yourself? Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Please don't die and go to hell. This may be your last chance. This may be your last opportunity. Why don't you make a move?